0: morning, uh, every year on Mother's Day, we have been looking at a, a unique mother in the Bible, an extraordinary woman in the scriptures. And this year, we actually look at two different women, Lois and Eunice. They were a mother and daughter, and we learn about them in 2 Timothy. I want to le- read a passage from 2 Timothy 1, and then we'll turn just one page over, and we'll read from 2 Timothy 3. But we'll start in chapter 1, verse 1. This is God's word. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of life in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience the way my forefathers did as I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day, longing to see you even as I recall your tears so that I may be filled with joy. For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I am sure that it is in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. And then Second Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 12. Indeed, All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. But evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, that from childhood... You have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. So that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. This is the Word of God. Now, it's Mother's Day. How how about some dad jokes on Mother's Day? Would y'all like some dad jokes on Mother's Day? Here's one. Why Why is a computer so smart? It listens to its motherboard. Okay. Wait, there's more. There's more. Why was the mother firefly so happy? Because her children were all so bright. One more. Just one more. One more dad joke on Mother's Day. Tell me, Johnny, do you say your prayers before eating? No, I don't have to. My mom's a good cook. Uh, Now listen, wherever you are on the spectrum of mothering, Maybe you're here this morning and you feel like this mom. She's gone to the doctor, disheveled, wrecked, and the doctor says, unfortunately, you have something called children. We can all just feel overwhelmed at times by the responsibilities that we have to lead in the home and to lead in the church and to lead in the world and to help point others to Jesus. And what we're going to learn this morning from Lois and Eunice, a mother and a grandmother, is to pass on our faith to the next generation. To pass on our faith. Lois and Eunice passed on their faith. It's interesting, the word grandmother, I learned this this week. This this really surprised me. You know how many times the word grandmother is found in the Bible? One time. Now, I was raised by my grandparents. My grandmother and my grandfather took me into their home after my mother died when I was eight. Her parents, my grandparents, raised me. And I am so thankful for their faithfulness in passing their faith on to me. And I'm so thankful that I had a grandmother and a grandfather who were so deeply invested in my life. For many of you, you have had that same experience. For some of you, you've had the experience as a to have a mother or a father who passed on your, their faith to you. And for some of you, it was a spiritual mother who helped you begin to explore who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. But wherever you are on the spectrum this morning, I want us to walk through these two passages that I've just read. And I want us to see that Lois and Eunice, Timothy's mother and grandmother, passed on their faith to Timothy. They passed on their faith to Timothy. And we're going to answer three questions from this passage. The first is, why did they pass on their faith? The second is, when did they pass on their faith? And the third is, how did they pass on their faith? So why did they pass on their faith? Now, we're going to walk through this passage. I'm just going to point out a few phrases from these two passages that explain why Lois and Eunice passed on their faith. And the first is in the very first verse. Now, there's a consistency between Paul's experience of faith and Lois and Eunice's experience of faith that they both had the same type of faith, faith in Jesus. And so what's true of Paul is also true of Lois and Eunice, and it can be true of you and even me. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of life in Christ Jesus. So why did Lois and Eunice, and why did Paul, and why can we pass on our faith? Because we have the promise of life. The promise of life. The Bible is filled with precious and magnificent promises, promises of of life for us. Why do we pass on our faith? Because we've come to experience real life in Jesus. And when Jesus is our life, we can't help but pass him on to other people. We want to tell others about him because we've experienced the promise of life. All through the scriptures, men and women are represented not as being amazing, good people, but of being people who have an amazing, good God. That what sets people in the Bible apart is not their character, but God. So, for example, Abraham. In the book of Romans, Paul says of Abraham that he did not grow weary in unbelief, But grew strong in faith, being fully assured that what? God had promised he would also perform. How can, why would we pass on our faith to the next generation? Because we've received the promise of life. And when we plug ourselves into the promises, when we get underneath the promises of God, things things like Philippians 1.6 become precious to our hearts because it's easy to get discouraged. So we need promises like Philippians 1. That he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion See, how were Lois and Eunice given the ability, the confidence to pass on their faith? Because they had promises. Promises that said God would be a God to them and to their son, Timothy. So the promises of God, they they give us encouragement. That's why we pass on our faith. Secondly, look look at verse 2. To Timothy, my beloved son. Why did Lois and Eunice pass on their faith? Because they had experienced the love of God. And they wanted to pass that love on to others. Especially to Timothy. I meet with people all the time. And I find that many, many of the men that I disciple are handicapped in their emotional life because of the Failure to experience love in their home. The love of a mother and the love of a father. I find that to be true in my own life. That for many, many years it was difficult for me to believe the love of God for me because there were things in my life that I failed to experience. The love of a father, the love of a mother. But Timothy was able to have an emotional health to his life because he had experienced love in his home from Lois and Eunice. He had experienced a mother's love, and so he was able to experience his heavenly father's love. And Paul would call him my beloved. He was mature because he had experienced a healthy emotional life, and we can tell that he was healthy, emotionally, because look at the kinds of emotions he was able to have. Timothy was able to produce joy in Paul, but he was also able to weep for Paul. That is an emotionally healthy person. That's someone who's experienced a loving home. He was able to weep for Paul's sickness, and he was able to produce joy in Paul through his relationship with him. That's the kind of faith that Lois and Eunice passed on to Timothy. A faith that helped him to believe that he was loved by God and loved by them. So why did they pass on their faith? Because they had the promises of God. They had the experience of um, the love of God. Then he goes on. Paul says in verse 5, That I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am sure that it is in you as well. Lois and Eunice passed on their faith because they had a sincere faith. Now, the word sincere means that it was integrated, it was real, it went all the way down inside and out, that they were able to have both internal security and external obedience. They were able to do both. Now, for some of us, we believe that we have a spiritual life. We have a spiritual life. So we think that our life with God is is true inwardly but it's not true outwardly. It's not true. It's not, it, doesn't, it doesn't integrate. It never works itself out. No one ever sees it. It's just an inner thing. For others of us, we've fallen onto off the cliff of just having an external faith. We just want to tell people how good we are and how bad they are. Paul says, no, Lois and Eunice, they had a sincere faith. It was true inwardly and outwardly. And the watching world is waiting for the church to be the kind of people who pass on a faith that is both inwardly real and outwardly real. It's consistent. It integrates. It fits together. That's the kind of faith that Lois and Eunice had and that they passed on to Timothy. It fit, fit together in Jesus. The fourth reason why Lois and Eunice were able to pass their faith on is because they understood and had a minority mindset. In verse 12 of chapter 3, Paul says, All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Lois and Eunice understood and had a minority mindset that said, we want to prepare our children to live for Jesus in an increasingly hostile world. Jesus understood that his followers would be persecuted, that they would experience trouble. He prepared them for that. And Lois and Eunice were wise a wise mother and a wise grandmother who passed on to Timothy their faith, because they understood that Timothy was going to face trouble in life. And they wanted him to be prepared with a minority mindset to be able to live for Christ even in an increasingly hostile world. And then, uh, not only because of persecution, but next, because of salvation. Look at verse 15, that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Why did Lois and Eunice pass on their faith? Because Jesus was so real to them. They understood that they were sinners who had been saved by grace. It wasn't just religion for them. It was real, saving faith. They understood the bad news of the gospel. And the bad news of the gospel is this, that none of us can save ourselves. We all have a problem called sin. And though we may try lots of things to save ourselves from that problem, the problem with all those efforts, all those works that we try to do to work ourselves out of our sin problem, the problem with our works, They just don't work. Salvation is a gift of God, not by works, but through faith in Jesus Christ. Lois and Eunice passed on to Timothy saving faith. Saving faith isn't religion. Saving faith is grace. That God saves sinners. God saves us through what Jesus has done for us. What has Jesus done for us? Jesus has lived for us. The life that we should have lived and haven't, Jesus did live. He lived a perfect life. What has Jesus done for us? To save us, Jesus went to the cross. And on the cross, God took our sin and he put it on Jesus and he punished Jesus in our place. And because Jesus was punished in our place, God says, I'll forgive your sin because I've punished Jesus for you. I'll forgive your sin and I'll give you the gift of eternal life. And he says that that gift is received through faith. That's why Lois and Eunice passed on their faith to Timothy. Faith in Jesus, a faith that saved them and saved Timothy, Has it saved you? Have you transferred your trust from yourself and your good works to Jesus and his perfect work for you? Have you? You can. You can do that right where you're sitting or come up after the service. I would love to talk to you about saving faith in Jesus. What does it involve? It's as simple as ABC, that we admit that the bad news of the gospel is true of me. I've sinned and I've... I've broken the heart of God, that we believe the good news of the gospel is true for me, that Jesus lived and died and rose again for me, and that we commit. We commit to Jesus as Savior and Lord. We ask him to come into the center of our life and to direct all our decisions and actions. Jesus, you come in and help me become the person you want me to be. It was saving faith that Lois and Eunice passed on to Timothy. And then finally, Timothy was saved from sin, but he was saved for eternal life with Jesus. Verse 17, so that the man of God may be adequately equipped for every good work. We're saved from sin, but we're saved for life with Jesus that becomes visible to the world around us through a new way of living that the Bible calls good works. Not good works that we look to to merit eternal life, but good works that demonstrate that we've received eternal life as a gift And Lois and Eunice wanted for more than anything for Timothy to understand the gospel so that he could live out the gospel in every area of his life, showing the world the good works that would demonstrate the greatness and glory of Jesus. And so we want for our kids to know the grace of Jesus and those unique ways that they have been gifted by God for good works that would glorify God and it would give them joy and it would bless others. So that's why. That's why Lois and Eunice passed on their faith to Timothy. And that's why we pass on our faith. We pass on our faith because of the promises of God. We pass on our faith because of the love of God. We pass on our faith because it integrates inwardly and outwardly. We pass on our faith because we have a minority mindset. We understand that our kids need to be prepared to live for Christ in an increasingly hostile world. We pass on our faith because we have saving faith in Christ alone. And we pass on our faith because it prepares our kids to live in the world for God's glory and their joy and others' good to be blessed through their good works. So that's why Lois and Eunice did it. That's why we can do it. Now, when did they do it? When did Lois and Eunice pass on their faith? Well, look at verse 15. Verse 15 says that from childhood, from childhood you have known. So when did they do it? At the earliest possible moment. They began passing on their faith. As early as possible, the Greek word for childhood or infancy is the word brephos. So the, um, the uh, NIV, I think, translates that word infancy. Uh, the New American Standard that I just read translates it childhood. But did you know that the Greek word brephos not only can refer to an infant? outside the womb, a newborn, but it can also refer to an infant within the womb, an embryo, that the Bible has one word that describes life inside the womb and outside the womb, the word brephos. Why do we believe in the sanctity of human life? Why do we celebrate the sanctity of human life? Because there's one word that describes life inside the womb and outside the womb. And we believe that life is sacred and it's beautiful because it belongs to God and is made by God inside the womb and outside the womb. We believe that from the earliest moment possible, Our children can know and follow Jesus Christ, just like Elizabeth and John the Baptist. Elizabeth was John the Baptist's mother, Mary was her cousin, Mary was the mother of Jesus. There was a time when Mary, pregnant with Jesus, went to visit Elizabeth, pregnant with John. And when Mary walked in with Jesus in her womb, The baby in her womb, John the Baptist, leapt for joy. He knew that his Savior was in the room, even in the womb. We can know from the earliest possible moment about Jesus and that from the earliest possible moment in life, our children would know and trust in Jesus Christ. So we start as early as possible to tell our kids about Jesus. Even if we start with something as simple as this. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. So, when did they start? They started as soon as possible. When should we start? Well, if we haven't started already, start now. Start passing on your faith to the next generation. Start now. And then join with others in the church to pass on our faith starting now. We can invest together in the next generation by serving in the nursery or kids' ministry or serving in student ministry. There are places for you to join with others to pass on our faith. So when? Start now. Start as early as possible. But if if you haven't started, start. Okay, now, how? How do we pass on our faith? We pass on our faith by partnering together, parents and the church, partnering together to pass on our faith. You see the parents in chapter one of 2 Timothy, in verse five, I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm sure that's in you as well. So Timothy received faith, in Jesus through the influence of Eunice and Lois. They told him about faith in Jesus. When I was eight years old, my mother had terminal cancer, but before she died, God was so gracious to give her saving faith in Jesus. She put her trust in Christ for salvation as he was offered to her in the gospel, and she was saved. And you know that at the moment that she trusted in Christ, her first thought was, I want my son to share my faith in Jesus. I want him to know and follow Jesus. So I was eight years old. My mother told me of her faith in Jesus, and the pastor of our church, In St. Pete came to our home and I was baptized. Now, baptism didn't save me, but I was baptized because of her faith in Jesus. And at my baptism, my mother said yes to this promise. Do you now unreservedly dedicate your child to God and promise in humble reliance upon divine grace, that you will endeavor to set before him a godly example, and that you will pray with and for him, and that you will teach him the truths of our holy faith, and that you will strive by all the means of God's appointment to bring him up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. My mom said yes to that. And in the weeks that she had left, she arranged for my care... And for me to be raised in a local church where I heard about Jesus and all the great stories of the Bible. And then when I came to saving faith myself in college, what was pictured in my baptism was made real. And through faith in Christ, all my sin was forgiven. And through faith in Christ, I received the Holy Spirit that let me know that I was a child of God. And I really am. And it started way back then when I was eight years old, when my mom said yes to following Jesus with the few weeks she had left, and she put in place people who prayed for me and influenced me and cared for me and told me about Jesus. Makes a difference. How? Through partnership with parents and the local church. Because look in verse 6. In verse six, it moves from the home to the church. And Paul says, I laid hands on you, Timothy. I laid hands on you and you received a gift from me. So Timothy was influenced in the home and then he was influenced by the apostle Paul. And he was given the opportunity to follow Jesus himself. So it's a partnership between the, the home and the church Working together to tell the next generation about Jesus. And then he says, um, Paul says, not only is it a partnership, but it happens through the scripture. It happens through the scripture. Now, this is my favorite parenting story ever. This is the great, this is my greatest Hall of Fame moment as a parent. Okay? It it wasn't graduation, watching my kids graduate. It wasn't watching them get married. It wasn't all the state champion meets and different things that happened and athletically watching my daughter swim in college, all that. Those were not my Hall of Fame moment. This is my Hall of Fame moment. You ready? It's dinner time. We're talking through the day with our kids. And as we talk through the day with the kids, I bring up a Bible verse to share with our kids about to help them make sense of life, help them make sense of the questions they were being asked in school. And one of my kids, whose name will not be shared to protect the guilty, said, Dad, it's always the Bible, 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 Bible. That was my Hall of Fame moment. Because I knew that my kids' security rested in something other than me. It wasn't my wisdom that was going to carry the day, it was the Bible. The Word of God was what was going to be planted in their lives, and that is what was going to produce wisdom and a changed life and a a life saved by Jesus to follow Him with everything they had. So, how do we pass on our faith? with the Bible, Bible, Bible. Let it be the Bible. This is our curriculum, the Bible, that you um, would, chapter 3, know the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. So, it's the partnership, the church, and the family, and it's through the sacred writings, the Bible. That's how we pass on our faith to the next generation. So, let's do it. Let's pass on our faith. Let's pass on our faith starting now. Let's pass it on this week. Let's pass on our faith. Now, how how could we do it? Well, Lois and Eunice knew how to do it because they were a part of a faith community where they had been taught the principle of parents teaching their kids in Deuteronomy 6. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. The Israelites knew the value and importance of parenting. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, The Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And these words, which I am commanding you today, shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way. When you lie down and when you rise up, you shall bind them as signs on your hand and they shall be as frontlets on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. So there's a few very practical things in this ver- these verses that will help you this week and for all the rest of your life pass on your faith to the next generation. First, first is... None of us, none of us have loved God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength. Not one of us has done it. There's only one person who ever loved God with all his mind, soul, heart, and strength, and that's Jesus. So listen, take a deep breath. Parents, there's only one Jesus. And, and you're not him. But there is a Jesus, and he loves you, and he loves your kids. So listen, take a deep breath and relax. Secondly, take the truth of the gospel into the center of your life. These words which I'm commanding you today shall be in your heart. Take the gospel in. Let it go all the way down to the floor in your life. Toenail your heart, your dreams, your desires for your kids to Jesus. Not to you, not to external worldly success. Toenail your heart and your kids' heart to Jesus. Let it go all the way down to the floor in your life. Third, make it practical. What's all this business about frontless and doorposts and foreheads? It's not about tattoos. On your forehead. It's about making your faith in Jesus practical to all of life. Make it practical. Find creative, practical ways to make Jesus real. When you lie down, when you rise up, as you're going through your day, talk often about Jesus. And then finally, take it global. Take it global. Listen, why do I care? about the next generation why do I care about kids in the nursery hearing about Jesus and kids in our kids ministry learning about Jesus and kids in our student ministry learning about Jesus why do we put a priority on the next generation because I believe the next generation is going to be the generation at the gates The next generation is going to be the generation to finish the task of getting the gospel to the nations so that Jesus, according to Matthew 24, 14, can come again. It is this generation of young people, your children and grandchildren, who will grow up to take the gospel to that one third of the world who hasn't yet heard the name of Jesus. And I believe that with all my heart. That's why I want to help you raise your kids and send them out to the gates for the nations. Let's pray. Father, help us. Jesus, help us. Holy Spirit, help us. Jesus, you have given us gifts and abilities and talents, and you've entrusted us with children and grandchildren. From this point forward, help us to pass our faith on to the next generation. Oh, Jesus, we can't pass on something we don't have, and so I pray that you would give every person here saving faith. And if there's any here who've never trusted in Christ, that you'd do that today. That you'd admit, Jesus, I admit that I've sinned against you in many ways, and I'm sorry. That you'd believe, Jesus, I believe you lived and died and rose again for my salvation. And that you'd commit, Jesus, turning from my sin, I trust you and as Savior and Lord. Help me become the person you want me to be. And oh, Jesus, thank you for the privilege. Thank you for the joy of passing on our faith. I pray for every mother, grandmother, father, grandfather, man and woman, that, Lord, you would give us the privilege of passing on our faith in our homes and in the church for the nations. I pray in Jesus'